Hello everyone and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. I am pleased to announce that Next Generation Saints is partnering up with Give Me an Answer with Pastor Cliff Connectly and his son Stuart Connectly. And um, they've given me permission to go ahead and make new episodes with their content in it. So I thought I'd start us out here with Give Me an Answer. Jesus is alive. Hope you enjoy it. The grave of Muhammad is full. The grave of Jesus Christ is empty. The grave of Siddhartha Gautama Buddha is full. The grave of Jesus Christ is empty. The grave of Confucius is full. The grave of Jesus Christ is empty. The grave of Karl Marx is full. The grave of Jesus Christ is empty. It is that historical resurrection from the dead that sets Christ apart as unique as trustworthy, as credible. The fact that you need a higher power to validate your good behavior is honestly kind of less respectable than people who find the will to be good people just because it's, it's good, it's love. And like God is essentially love, and that's what I respect about Christianity, because God is love, but he's not this whole creation story, he's not this whole thing, he's not the judgment book, he's not a judge, he's not... Well then who is God? You said he's love. I'm not saying he's, but I'm not trying to even put it into like a human term, like it's not, it's like it. It's like energy. Okay, how does energy love? Energy Do you have a loving relationship love. with electricity? Energy is love. Energy is love. Is electricity love? Is nuclear power love? No, the energy Well, then what are you talking about? What do you mean? How do you explain God? Very simple. God is a personal being, not an it. God is not electricity. God is a personal being who has a mind who created us. Making it a personal being turns him human. And no. humanity isn't divine. He's a spiritual being. He's not a human. Okay, so I define spirit. Is that not energy? Is that not karmic energy like in the world? No. It's not electricity. Okay, so I didn't say electricity. I said energy. What do you mean energy? Like, okay, God, so you just... Love. Life? Life? Life is energy. It's Good. a form of energy. God is a living being. Absolutely correct. God is a living being. In that sense, God is very energetic. No question about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but like, it's not like... He is someone you can have, like, form a relationship. Like, I'm well, how do you know that? How do you know you can't have a relationship with God? But that's my truth. I don't, I can't have a Is it possible that your truth is wrong? Is it possible it's my not, truth is wrong? That's, that's what makes it a belief. And that's why I'm saying this whole thing is a belief. And you, like, trying to convince people that it's, like, a truth is kind of going past the... The obvious explanation that it is just a belief. Oh, and it's your I am truth, so sorry. I thought we were on a university campus that is committed to the liberal arts education, which is based on the idea that we all have different philosophies, different beliefs, and what an education is, is a free exchange of ideas where we begin to challenge each other and ask each other, what's the evidence that what you believe is true? So you're doing That's this? where I thought we were at a university. I didn't know we were at a place that says, it doesn't matter what you believe, because everything is true. I thought we were in a place where a professor said, that answer's wrong. And if you don't learn to study and get in touch with reality, truth, you're going to flunk out of this place. I am so sorry I'm under this misconception that we're in a university where a liberal arts education 
the free exchange of ideas, the questioning and challenging each other, what do you believe and why do you believe it, I thought that's what this place was all about. I'm so sorry no, for my misunderstanding. I think you're going too far because she came up here respectfully and asked and had a normal conversation with you. No, I think... Yeah, and I'm respecting her and answering exactly what she's raising, and I'll listen to you and answer you exactly what you raise. So and that's called it, intellectual respect. Just to make it here, you're, you're here, like, just to make it clear, you're here on behalf of UT as if this is an educational exchange. No, I've been invited here by Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship, a group of UT students. I've been invited here by that group to speak here and to dialogue. Okay, so you were invited. Yes. You're not just here like a random crazy person, like, just <laughs> preaching. For no well, reason. Well, I have great respect for random people who come and talk. That's there, they're right. We have free speech in this country, guys. All right? So there's nothing wrong. It's not me. But you're on a schedule, is what I'm just trying to say. Yeah, I got a flight to New York City tomorrow morning at 826. That's correct. I'm on a schedule. All right. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, why don't you believe in Jesus Christ? I just... Why you mean like the human form of, of God? Yeah, he claimed to be God in human form. So why don't you believe in Jesus? It's just not scientifically feasible enough for me to put all my faith and follow and like go to church for it. It's not my belief. It's not true to me. Why? I was raised up Catholic, went to Catholic private school, and it wasn't right. until I went to that private school that right. I realized it was all bull in my eyes. What's your because evidence? it's based on a story that has no scientific truth. It doesn't reach me at a level where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like perfect, like this is it. It's just personally not connected. Okay, fine. Scientifically prove to me that George Washington was the first president of the United States. Can you do that? Scientifically. I mean, this has to be some type of fallacy because he wrote accounts. Did Jesus actually write anything down? No, I don't believe George Washington was first president of the United States because a dude named George Washington wrote something. Eyewitnesses saw George, and they wrote down what they saw. Eyewitness he testimony. Wrote stuff. Yeah, he wrote stuff, yes. Wait, wait, Jesus? Sorry. No, Jesus did not write anything. The eyewitnesses who saw him wrote what they saw. Jesus spoke. Those who heard him wrote down what he spoke. Like about 2,000 years later, it no. was an eyewitness. No, yes it was. We have Greek manuscripts, ma'am, from the early second century <laughs> that clearly point to the fact that we have an accurate account of what Jesus said in the first century. So what's, what's wrong with other people's religion's truths that have real accounts of it? Like Judaism. Yeah, what about it? So why are you different from Judaism? Why are you different from Hindu? Like, Hindu? Right. why are there different? That's what's separating people. You trying to force people into certain beliefs is what's separating. People. Not you trying to steal her bag and think it's a moral compass and alienation and isolation. I mean, I know you're not forcing anyone. You're just Thank trying to you. spread. Thank you. That was incredibly not. judgmental for you to say that. I'm, I'm glad you caught yourself on that. But one. why? Like, does anyone else from other faiths like do this? Like, the fact that it's always Christians is kind of like it's kind of a red flag, and I think it just kind of puts you guys. You got to be kidding me! It's true. You don't I think, think Muslims share their that. spread their belief? I mean, like, you don't think Muslims kids on spread their campus, belief? Yelling to kids on this campus? You don't think atheists spread their belief? Yelling to people on this campus? No. I can and promise you. I can promise you there are atheists who spread their faith very effectively at UT Austin. We have no, who's seen no atheists yelling at people here. No, there is no other faith on Speedway besides Christianity. 
Okay, well then why don't you stand up and talk about Hinduism? Because I don't feel the need to. Yeah, she got her truth figured out. She doesn't care if other people see her truth or not. Yeah. Because she knows she's being the best person she can right. be. Well then it's real simple. And it doesn't come down to a faith. Ma'am, if you suddenly have a seizure, I'm not just going to stand here and say, oh, too bad, you got a seizure. I'm going to call 911. I'm going to get the best doctor to try and heal you. That's good. Not only am I going to do that, but if I'm convinced that Jesus Christ offers you eternal life in heaven, then because I love you, and if you have a seizure, I'm going to call 911. That's an expression of my love for you. So I'm going to seek to communicate to you. Jesus offers you eternal life. Why don't you check him out? So why is that your, why is that the thing that's pushing you to help people? Love. Because I am convinced that God created us to love each other. But that's a secondary source that's forcing your actions. That's not just you loving me because I'm alive right here. I love you because God created us for the purpose of loving each other. That's why I love you. So I don't care if you're my enemy. I'm going to love you. If you're my enemy, if you try and hurt me, I'm still going to try and love you. Why? Because I'm convinced that God created us to love each other. And if God created us to love each other, then that means regardless of how difficult it is to love each other, we're still going to try and love each other if we're followers of Christ. I see. I recognize, like, that's your truth. But if, if I do the same thing to someone, if you're having a seizure and I choose to help you, yes. why am I wrong? Because my, my, like, the thing that made me do that isn't what Jesus wants. Why is it wrong for me to just be loving because I feel like based on my past experiences in this life, that's what I want to do, to be a good person. Why does it have to be, because this is what Jesus wants, because this is what Jesus says. Every time that you love, that is good. Exactly. Regardless of what you believe, every exactly. time you love. So but I speaking can't... for myself, I can't speak for you, but speaking for myself, I have not always loved. I am a sinner. Me neither. Okay, I'm, I have violated God's purpose in creating me, which is to love God and to love people. Therefore, I need God's forgiveness. I also need his help to love my enemy. Because to be very honest with you, too frequently, not all the time, but too frequently, I want to cut my enemy off at the knees. And that's wrong of me. All right? So that's why I need to ask God for forgiveness and for the power to change so that I can love even my enemy. Yeah. Well, the fact, I'm not saying that you're weak for needing that extra help or anything. But I think that's why faith and like religion is so easy to follow for humans that have no idea why we're here. We're all clueless at the end of the day. We don't really know what's going to happen right when we die. And we can all say that or else we're, we're naive. And what, I think what is religion, love and who defines it? And I think that religion makes it easy because it hands truth to us. What is love? We don't have the You've courage talked a lot about love. What is love and who defines love? Hand it to us through a Bible. What is love and who defines it? Because I got a lot. I know a lot of guys who have a very definite definition of what it means to love you. You're a very beautiful woman, and I can promise you, I got a lot of guys who can tell me very clearly what it means to love you, and it ain't pretty. Okay. So who defines love? If it's just a personal thing, you've got your personal trip. I can promise you, I got a lot of guy friends who got their definition of what it means to love you, a beautiful woman, and it ain't pretty. So what makes your definition of love more correct than their definition of love? Well, it's not the definition of love. It's the moral compass that someone builds up as they uh -huh. have more past experiences.
And why is your moral compass more correct than their moral compass? I'm not compass? saying it is. We're saying oh, come on. You know very well that if some guy says to love means to use you sexually, they are wrong. That's evil. Don't you believe that? Don't you believe that? They're unethical. They're uh -huh. not. Okay, so who Evil. defines ethics? Who defines goodness? And who defines love? Well, that's a whole philosophical question. That it's a very practical question, ma'am. It's an incredibly practical what question. What is your answer besides God to that? Yeah, what's your answer many, besides? Many this is what Jesus said. You're, it's so easy for you to stand here because you can say Jesus told me this. Jesus said this. It's so easy to Never have once have I done that to you, but it's amazing the way you parrot that. You're attacking a straw man, ma'am. Now, why don't you listen to me as I try to listen to you and respond to me, not respond to a straw man. I never said, just do something because Jesus says it. It's not my argument. My argument is your experience of love as a real value, your firm conviction that those guys who define love as being to sexually use you, they are wrong, really wrong. Why? Because there is such a thing as real love that they are violating. The, now you've got to ask yourself, real love? Who defines real love? And if there is no God, there's no objective love. I'm not saying there's no God. Okay, fine, but just listen. I'm, if there is no God... We're not saying there's not no saying God. That. No, my argument is the fact that we're not saying that there's not a God. We're just saying that it doesn't always have to be Jesus, like in the form of like Christianity. Okay, fine. So who is God? I mean, like, there's I'm a Hindu, no so I have like, different beliefs. Who is God for you? I mean, like, we have multiple that take the same form. We have multiple gods. Okay, so if I say God is the lamppost, is that true? No, that's just disrespectful. What do you mean disrespectful? If I believe that the lamppost is part of God, don't tell me that's disrespectful. That's what I believe. No, no, I thought you were talking about Hinduism being like the No, I didn't say that. If I, if I, Cliff, believe the lamppost is God, that's do, you have a, you. do you have a problem with that? No, do you disagree? Do you agree with me that lamppost is God? I respect your belief that that is God is the lamppost, but that's not my belief. Okay. Then if you believe that God is not the lamppost, would you try and help me see that the lamppost is not God? Or would you just say, go ahead, Cliff, believe the lamppost is God? I mean, that's I what religion is today. Like, you believe in Christianity. I'm not going to come and try to be like, oh, like you need to believe Hinduism, Hinduism, Hinduism. Well, what are you doing out here talking to me? You... Why are you here then? Why are you here? I didn't see what you were talking about. We go yeah, and then, good, and you started talking. Yeah, I'm But let's curious. be real honest. You disagree with me. Yeah. Well, I'm, okay, I'm, and that's fine. I thought you that but let's start. not try and act like you don't disagree with me. Because you know I'm very not, well. I mean, everyone knows I'm here because I don't agree with you. Exactly. And, that, and I respect that. That's fine. But let's not start getting no, on your high horse telling me no, that because I'm, I believe Jesus is the truth, oh, that's some that's type of narrow-minded bigoted view. It's because you have your truth, and I have my truth, and I'm I'm okay. trying to dialogue with you. What's the evidence that your truth is right? Okay, well, I think both of us, it's safe to say that we're curious why is, like, people are always here preaching. We're I don't know curious. why other people come out here and preach. I, don't, I know why I do. I don't know why. It's the same reason for all of y'all. Yeah, no, it's not. Don't generalize like that. If That's Dr. just as bigoted as if I were to say to you, you both are motivated by the same thing. I don't know you ladies. I've got to respect you as an individual, and not just say, all preachers, all UT yeah, students. That's wrong. Here? I am here because I love I'm you. Curious. I am, thank you for asking that question. I'm here because I love you, and I have found that Jesus Christ is totally reliable, which means if for you, you as a, For you. No, let him finish.
Thank you. Because the evidence of the way Jesus lived, taught, died, and rose from the dead points to his trustworthiness, I'm concerned that you not trust someone who's going to ditch you, who's going to fail you. Jesus Christ was dead. He rose from the dead. Therefore, I'm convinced he can help you with the fact that you're going to die. He can help you in a way that nobody else can, that I've ever been exposed to. So therefore, because I love you, and I use the illustration, if you had a seizure, if she had a seizure, I would try and call 911. So I'm convinced that you and I both have dates with death. Therefore, if Jesus Christ is able to give us eternal life, and if I claim to love you, I'm going to tell you. The same way if you get cancer, ma'am, and I know a doctor who can cure your cancer, I don't love you if I don't tell you about that doctor. Okay, but like if everyone is walking around like I have a different faith, do you believe that just because we don't follow Christianity that we're all just like on a different path, like we're not going to heaven? Yeah. Are we sinners? Are we in here yeah. as sinners because we don't believe? Like we have no, we're all sinners, beginning with me, because we rebel against God because we don't love God and love others the way he created us to. So I'm a sinner. I'm number one sinner out here, okay? But separate from that, like, what? So if someone is not a Christian, what is their path in life, like, after they die? All right, why don't you answer that, Stuart? Wait, what was, sorry, what was the last one? No, it's just that if someone is, like, not a Christian, like, what do you think happens, like, after they die? After they die, if they're not a Christian? Yeah, because he was talking about, like, eternal life, like, heaven, like, everything. Right. What do you, like, what do you guys... I'll answer that from a Christian perspective, then you can answer it from a Hindu perspective. Yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, so from a Christian perspective... It's all about giving up yourself and worshiping God, because we all worship in some kind of way, some kind of thing, right? I mean, the best fiction writer probably in the last hundred years who wrote Infinite Jest gave a Kenyan college address where he said, we all worship something. If it's something on this earth, it will eat you alive, whether it's relationships, money, you name it. So we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in God outside of us. We, by accepting God, we em empty ourselves grow a trusting relationship with Christ, and that is how you have eternal life with him. But that does not mean somebody over in India who's never heard the name of Jesus Christ is going to hell. Because no, no, yeah, I get that. I get that. You get that, okay. Yeah. So from a Hindu perspective, see, I think you should be out here, maybe not with the same kind of voice as him because you guys are slightly hardwired differently, <laughs> but I do think sometimes you should maybe be on this corner. But that makes a great point. Thank you for talking out here. I appreciate it a lot, okay? Yeah. But I do think, because I have some Hindu friends, and I've been to their homes, and I've, I've had conversations with two different women who said to me, we're in different caste systems, and so one is slightly more valuable than the other. And it was a very awkward conversation. But I think for you to love me would be to come out here and say, hey, Stuart, you have a slightly bad sense of karma because you've been living a certain way. I want to help you not come back as a cockroach. So you're, I'm going to help you and communicate what a good type of lifestyle is according to the Hindu faith, rather than just saying, don't push your faith on somebody because that's considered proselytizing. Yeah. Well, by claiming not to push your faith on somebody, that's also a form of proselytizing. Maybe it's a form of quieter proselytizing. But see, this sweet woman right here, I'm very impressed by her. And yet the same thing that she was doing, she was basically calling him intolerant for the way he was communicating an exclusive truth. She was co communicating an even more intolerant, exclusive truth because she was saying she had this kind of 30,000 view of all religions and that they are either the same or that they should not be communicating their truth in a certain way when 87% of the world is making exclusive truth claims about their own religions. So what's more exclusive and intolerant? 
Michael was like, okay, so you guys are like out here like preaching, like spreading the word. Like I get. Uh, hopefully not preaching too much. Okay, no, but the, I want to be PC. Okay, but like spreading the word. Okay, we'll say that. But the thing is, like Hinduism is a very accepting religion. Like obviously, like you have to be born into Hinduism, but you can still practice it as a religion. <laughs> like okay, from I'm speaking from my experience, like how I grew up. Nobody like goes around like. I agree. Like on. Like no one spreads the word like that. Like if someone is interested and want to come like the arms are always open but no one avidly goes out and like spends their time like doing this why not no but i'm asking like why do you guys why aren't you doing that though if my karma is bad and i'm headed towards being a cockroach or something worse than a cockroach why wouldn't you come and talk to me but the thing help is, like, me out of it help like, me out of my ignorance i just don't i've had hindus come up to me and offer different paths than the ones that I'm communicating. Yeah, that's fine, but like, it's just, mm -hmm. I just don't. So you disagree with the style yeah, of communication? That, yeah, that's my Okay, but again, the atheist department at numerous Ivy Leagues, especially Dartmouth right now, has put out different articles in their papers saying, if you are a Christian or another faith that claims some type of eternal existence through their path, you have the moral obligation to be doing this right now. That was the Atheist Society at Dartmouth University. I mean, that's their issue. They're being honest. They're saying this is your worldview. If you truly believe that people have, are either going to be in heaven or hell and not some vague existence in between, then you better be preaching or at least communicating in some kind of way this type of truth. Now, my last piece, well, no. I'm not going to go this All right. No, what is it? It was a question on Hinduism. Good, ask her. Sure, I might have well, This is a little bit tougher, a little more direct. So, as, as also a therapist, I'm also a, a mental health therapist, I'll go to the bedside of a person dying. And when I am there, oftentimes I'm thinking about worldviews. Typically, it's my own worldviews, my own faith, right? And I'm thinking about a suffering God, Jesus Christ who is with us in our suffering. He's the only suffering God that I know of. Then I am thinking about something like atheism. If I am an atheist going to the bedside of my dying mother or close friend, see you later. Sorry, you're falling through a trap door into just timeless, spaceless eternity. T take care. Depressing versus an eternal existence, falling through a trap door into the loving arms of a God, a personal God, is radically different. Now, my Hindu friends, though, I, I also believe have a little bit of a problem when it comes to an understanding of suffering because it's the one-to-one -one correlation of if my mom drives into a car accident today and dies, there's a one-to-one -one correlation of her doing something wrong that caused her suffering and death. That's radically different from the Christian faith, which is not just the suffering God, but it's also, there is death, there is confusion, there is all kinds of pain and suffering that typically has nothing to do with your bad deeds. Your bad deeds, or bad karma. Ours is based on karma. Right. But do you see how that's problematic? Like, that does not fit my experience. When I'm dealing with death and, and dying folks, to go to them and say, sorry, you have cancer because you did something wrong, whether it was last week, yesterday, or the day before. Yeah, no, but the thing is, like, it's not that minuscule. It's like what you've done throughout your life. So you know how, like, you guys are like, okay, I'm a sinner, like, I've sinned. It's not like, oh, like, 
I tripped someone yesterday, so now I'm going to go die in a car crash. It's like the accumulation of all the bad deeds that you've done. Okay. So that can lead up to like one moment, like, okay, like I'm like okay you die in a car crash forever but obviously when that person is dying you're not gonna be like oh like you cause like in a way like you cause your own because everyone has to die okay that is like obviously the end game. but it's not like it's like everyone has to die but when you're on your deathbed no one's gonna be like oh like you caused your own death this is why like it happens for a reason like everything happens for a reason that is the underlying belief in oh yeah i actually and i can get on board with that but well, I can't get on board with your bad deeds are just accumulated, so you're going to die a worse kind of death than the person over here, like this sweet little lady, who was saying that she's just living for goodness. So she's not going to suffer, as opposed to the person, perhaps, who grew up an addict, because maybe their parents were addicts, and so they had a type of bad deeds when it came to their alcoholism, so somehow they're going to suffer worse because they're worse people, and let's ostracize them, versus this sweet lady who's supposedly living... I mean, not necessarily because you say that like your parents are addicts, so you're an addict, and like you're like doing drugs, everything. That can be understandable because of the origin that you come from, like your parents. But the thing that's gonna cause your karma is the actions you take, being that person. It's not necessarily what you start from. Do you know what I mean? Like every person is responsible for their own actions. Just because like you may have a tougher background, like that's obviously taken into consideration. Like I don't know about, but what I grew up knowing is that. It isn't, it's your personal action that caused, like, your, like, course for the rest of your life. Like, obviously, if you do something good, like, something good will happen to you. Or, like, you're making your own life better, but if you do something bad, then that's going to catch up to you. Right. Okay. And I can probably get on board with that. Yeah. Sure, sure. Sin like, follows us in many ways. Yeah, so it's yeah. not from, like, just because, it's not like you're written a bad faith. You know what I mean? Like, you can always turn it around. Does that make sense? Right. And yet, at the same time, there is a big difference between grace and forgiveness in the Christian faith versus in the Hindu faith, you still are determined by your bad deeds. It's a type of determinism. I mean, yeah, Whether it's are. accumulation of me when I was in high school and I was living a very partying type lifestyle versus perhaps more so now, I, I don't know, maybe I am better ethically. I mean, that's true, like, but in a sense, like, it's also, like, just like you guys repent, like, you can go to the temple, like, you can pray, like, there are certain religious rituals that you can do that better your karma, but don't erase it. Okay, you know I mean? okay. So it's not like, just because you do this, it's in your, like, permanent record forever, like, it's etched forever, so now you're gonna die, like, it's not like that. Okay, let's go to the caste system now. Why did I have that very awkward encounter with those two women, who one was higher up than the other? The Christian faith we were talking about out here yesterday, which is everybody, it doesn't matter if you have a lower level of awareness or cognitive abilities, which I'm probably lower than you, and or, or you're born with special needs, whatever the issue might be, we are all creating the image of God absolutely equal. We do not have to somehow prove our self-worth, prove and get my value by any kind of means necessary. Instead, no matter what, our value doesn't change because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. In my understanding in Hinduism, that's not the case. Yeah. You are born into a type of caste system where you are better than somebody else yeah. who was born into a different caste system. Yeah, well, like, to be honest, like, I don't believe in the caste system, so, like, I agree. Okay. In the Christian faith, your bad deeds can follow you if you just keep living in sin, making poor decisions, but you're never too late to turn and accept Christ just like the thief on the cross, and Christ turns to him and says, today you will be with me in paradise. Because it's based off of grace versus I got to do all of this white knuckle it on my own and somehow I'll get to heaven.
I hope this episode has truly blessed you and has given you insight and has strengthened your faith in Jesus Christ and has made you ask several questions and maybe helped you be able to talk to somebody um, in your life, whoever that may be, with your walk with Christ. So with that, I hope that you all do very well. Hope you have a great week and may God virtually bless you all, my dearly beloved.